Hey honeys, this is your host Marissa. Welcome to the Honey Health and Wellness Podcast. Get ready to unlock your full potential as I dive into all things health, wellness, spirituality, and self-development. I'm so glad you're here. Welcome to the podcast, everyone. I've got Dylan Mullen on the other side of me today, which is super exciting. So Dylan, you are an entrepreneur. You started the company Happy Skin Co. um, And you're also the host of your podcast. uh, Remind me of the name of your podcast, Life, Love and Money. Is that right? Life, Money and Love. Yeah, everyone. I got them the wrong way around. So close. So So close. Um, yeah, so you have really an amazing story. Um, remind me and everyone how much money you made in your first year of business in Happy Skin Co. Um, well, we made like 12, I think 12 million. So a little that's bit normal. Million. So yeah, yeah that's crazy. totally normal. Yeah. Um, <laughs> super crazy. Like, I, and I, I didn't grow up with a lot of money either, neither did my business partner. So, like, we, we did a lot of things and like the first. It started popping off in the first week and then after like the first few months, it was kind of inconsistency. Um, mm-hmm. And then once we got to about five months in and we really figured out like Facebook ads, um, mm-hmm. it allowed us to scale so, so, so quickly. So yeah, it was a, it was a crazy first year. It's awesome. And it's very inspiring. I mean, I honestly love hearing stories like that because I think it shifts the perspective of, um, you know, people's mindset. Like when you hear stories like that, you go, oh, wait, like anything's possible. Like it's just Mm. a matter of like where my mindset is or what I want to achieve. So it really does break the mold for people. And it's, um, yeah, I'm excited to hear a little bit more about your story today. But um, could you kind of walk us through? So, you know, you you have did you start any business ventures prior to happy skin co this was your first go at it (laughs) amazing yeah Yeah. so it's like an unrealistic expectation that obviously like to use me as an example and like there's there's a lot that you can take from 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 what i did and what what we did to grow the businesses to start it to find a product to to market yeah a lot that you can take from that but also it's like because i do a lot of mentoring and consulting and 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 coaching the e-com space now and it's like i tell people it's like yeah my my story is an extremely inspiring one and that can definitely happen. I'm not the only person that's on the only business that's changed people's lives in the space of a few months or within a year that yeah. can happen. But most of the time it takes several months and even a year, two years to really get to the point where like things are booming and you're really living a life, but like mm. it can happen. And, and that's the thing. It's like some people think people that start these successful businesses, they've had rich parents or everyone that's around them in business they've they've kind of been ingrained with that it's like i didn't even think of having my own business until i was like 23 years old and then launched yeah. it when i was 24 so it's like it just goes to show like when you start getting out there in the world hearing stories of other people starting similar businesses from similar positions than you like again we were two guys starting a, a female focused business that would sound mm. weird to me five ten years ago but like yeah. seeing how common that actually is for like two male founders that go started a, a company in beauty or wellness space um, is really common and, and seeing those stories and, and hearing how other people built businesses and changed their lives was such a motivator for me so it's like why I'm so passionate about sharing my story um, how we did it obviously doing the mentoring and coaching with people at ecom is like to help give mm. that to other people because like so many of us as you would know like the education system doesn't really create people to be creative and entrepreneurs and go out there and chase their passion so like it takes people to speak about and share their journeys to make people realize no there is a path that they can take that's different than they teach in school that's more exciting uh, that gives you more control and freedom over your own life yeah absolutely and I think you know with with stories like yourself, when you hear about people that have made, you know, a certain amount of money in X amount of time and, and it shocks people, I think it's like a really, you know, yes, it's a pivotal part of your story, but it's what you do there and after it that makes it that extra special because it's like, okay, cool. You could have made that amount of money and then you could just be like totally, you know, a recluse and like you're living on the countryside, you bought a house and you've got your money. But I think what you did after earning that money and like showing people how, you know, you know, the processes that maybe they could adapt to try and make their business grow and, you know, inspiring other people. I think that's where the whole, that's really what the wealthy part of um, the experience is, which is really cool. And um, I want to ask you like, okay, so you mentioned your money mindset was, you know, you didn't grow up with rich parents. You, you was just kind of chilling as a, as a young, young male. And I think, 
you know, do you think the fact that you didn't have resistance towards money and towards making money actually attributed to your success? Because you did, were you kind of in the middle? You weren't like, oh, I'm not poor, but I'm not rich. You were just kind of taking life as it comes. Or did you have this vision in your mind of where you wanted to go and be? Yeah, no, that's a really good question. Um, honestly, I, 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 I had kind of what you were saying. I didn't have a lot of resistance to money either way because, like, we always, we always had food on the table, roof over our head. It was never to the point that we were like bordering poverty or anything like that. But we also mm. never did any big like family holidays. We never had like really super nice things. So it's like I never really thought too much about money. Obviously, as a kid, your parents are probably um, not struggling, but struggling at times. And you don't really, that doesn't filter through to the kids. So you don't really understand that. But honestly, to me, I always knew I had this really, really deep belief from a very young age that uh, I was going to do something special with my life and that I would eventually a lot of money would come into my life. Anyway, I, I had that belief. So like if I was earning, let's say, and which was earning for like the couple of years before uh, I started Happy Skin Co, probably earning like $1,000 a week. It's like, I didn't mind spending that $1,000 a week well, I was a good saver anyway, but I'd never stressed about spending that money because I always knew it's like, yes, this spending X amount of money to me right now might be a, a decent amount of money, but I know down the line in the future, it's 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 going to be insignificant compared to what I'm going to be able to earn in a truck. So I always just knew and had that really free mentality with money's going to come to me easily. Like something is going to happen where that amount of money is going to be a lot easier for me to, to comprehend than it is now. So I never mm-hmm. stressed out about that. And it's like, it can be really tricky as you start to earn a lot of money uh, and then you have something to protect, not to fall back into like wanting to protect what you have because it's like taking risk and being so open um, is what got you to where you are today. So it's like obviously trying to uh, fuse the two together and still being open and, 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 and chasing opportunity, but also protecting yourself in the way. But yeah, I was all, I just always knew money would come to me. So it's like that can be a really difficult thing for people to get over as well. Yeah, that's such a good point. I can really resonate with that because, you know, starting a business, there's a really big element of risk, you know, like really for the most part, all you've got is like your belief and your vision. No one else has seen that vision yet. Like you can see that vision. So, you know, you start the business, you invest the money and, you know, you're so right. Like as the business starts to go on, sometimes you can kind of um, you know, contract a little bit and then you get into this um, maybe habit of thinking that you need to hold on to your money, mm. which is kind of the total opposite of, you know, being abundant. Like someone who's truly abundant, they're like, meh, I don't really care. Like it's coming back to me like anyway. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's very mo- interesting. Money needs to free uh, uh, flow freely in and out of you. Like yeah. it can't just be otherwise because if, if, you, if you think you can attract it all in and then be so stingy and tired and not let any of it go out, it's not, it needs to flow. It needs to flow like it's you can't because that mentality of I need to hold on to every dollar isn't an abundant mindset. It's going to actually limit how much money you can bring in. So it's like it can be something to get over for people to get over that fear of like being okay spending money, but knowing that having that mindset is actually going to attract money more into your life. So it can be a diff- yeah. it can be a little bit of a um, a hard thing for people to comprehend, but it's so important to to have that 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 freedom with money that you respect money, but also not to overstress about it because it's like once you stress on something as a negative, you just continue to draw that into your life. It's like people with money problems, they are always stressing about money, money, money. It's like you need to try and put that on the back burner and just get into the place where you know and and trust in the universe and at the plan that this will come back to you. And mm. only once you're in that state, that's when you are. are in a, in a position to start really making money and generating money. So, yeah. 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 It's, it's money is a huge thing for people, you know, like a lot of people don't talk about money to begin mm-hmm. with. Like it's a bit of like a, um, a taboo conversation or um, yeah, people have a lot of um, restrictive kind of limiting uh, beliefs about it. And it's so right that when people, you know, will fixate on um, their lack, you know, it, all, all it's going to do is bring more lack into their life. And I think if you're someone who's like, I literally don't have any money. It's like, okay, maybe you don't, but you have something else. It's like, what what else do you have? Do you have like food in the fridge? Do you have food in the pantry? Like, you know, just shifting your perspective is like um, mm. a huge thing. But um, it's interesting. Did you grow up with like learning about manifestation? Did you read books when you were younger or like you just found it along the way? Um, no, I didn't. I didn't read any books about manifestation. I didn't. I didn't have those sorts of mentors in my life to speak about that sort of stuff. I never heard about the word manifestation or the law of attraction at all in my life until I was probably 
Um, so launched a business when I was 24. I probably came across um, hearing about the law of attraction for the first time when I was maybe 23, 22. Mm-hmm. And I, um, I read the book, The Secret, which is like, classic so it's 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 not the best book on the law of attraction but if you've never heard of it i think it's, it's good. a really good simple message really easy to understand and what reading that book did made me realize because i'd had a lot of things in my life just naturally go pretty right for me like i mm-hmm. i had a lot of things to go my way and what i realized it's like i've always been a massive daydreamer as a kid mm-hmm. but what i was doing when i was daydreaming i was only ever daydreaming about my goals about things i wanted to happen and it's like I may not have known it at the time. I thought it was daydreaming, but I was just really deeply visualizing and experiencing all these moments and things I wanted to happen in my life. And they would naturally start to come. So when I look back at my life and realized, hey, I was doing that my my whole life and it it made things work out really well for me. What about if I do that more consciously and I actually visualize on things and experience certain things along the journey of where I want to go and then actually put the work in that aligns with those visualizations and that path and then mm. that's why everything happened so fast with Happy Skin Co. Because I was yeah. not only working really hard on it, but I was visualized. That's why things happen so quickly. That's what I said. Yeah. If you can get out of your own way and put the trust in, in, in yourself, truly believe in yourself that you know this is going to happen to you, put the trust in the universe and get really clear on what you want and you have a plan because it's like getting really clear on what you want is great because then you can go and visualize it and you can do all that sort of stuff. But then also have a plan that works in alignment with that, like physically how you're going to start your business, launch your business, scale the business. Because it can be really difficult for some people to, to visualize things um, if they don't know how they're going to achieve it. Because, yeah, they can. Mm-hmm. It's like so far away from reality. How am I going to get there? But just by mapping out a plan of how you could get there, and it doesn't need the, the plan you put down on paper doesn't need to be the way you actually get there. But you mm-hmm. need to be physically actually working towards that as well, because then it allows your brain to believe so much more with so much more conviction that it's going to happen and then things will happen along the way and one door will shut and the window will open and then you'll go through that way and then you'll end up getting where you wanted to be but getting super clear on what you want and then putting a plan in to actually get there and doing both of them simultaneously is what allows these results to happen so quickly yeah absolutely and i think that plan is like such an important component because i think a lot of people maybe listen to the secret and they thought okay i'm just going to think about it and then poof it'll it'll work but yeah you got to implement that plan and i think you build you build momentum without really realizing it like just the action of writing down putting something in a plan it's amazing like how the universe will just kind of add to that as you go and um yeah, I can definitely relate to you about, you know, daydreaming. Like I was always like off with the fairies. I was always elsewhere. And I was like, it's fun. In my head is fun. Like I yeah. like rather <laughs> be like in that world. And I think, um, you know, more and more now we're learning about, you know, you daydream for a reason. You have these dreams for a reason. And if you can learn how to harness them, it's like very powerful. Like thoughts are so powerful. So, uh, 100%. Um, yeah. I mean, so tell me now, so you've, you've launched this business and I wonder like if we get a little bit more on a kind of earth level with it, what would you attribute to your brand's um, success? Because I know, you know, you started your brand in 2021, was it, or earlier than uh, that? 2018. 2018. Okay. So 2018, I think, you know, you were doing like Facebook ads and influencer marketing and all those things. And yeah, I'm curious to hear what your um, take is on how you think your brand got so successful. And do you think that those same um, principles that you apply to the success of your business could be kind of replicated today or would you do things differently today? No, I I think two of the core things I would say exactly the same now, tactically five years on, the channels that you would use or how you would use those channels change. But there's there's two big things that I think allowed us to have such uh, so much success and so quickly. The first one, which is absolutely as important today as it was then, uh, is product and market fit. How can you find a product that people actually want that isn't oversaturated, that's ticking all these boxes? And I have a product criteria list that I use that people can refer to to make sure that they know, hey, what is it? What is a product? Um, what, what sort of things or what sort of um, data can I look at? Can I analyze? What sort of platforms can I go to to see? what sort of products and niches have have interest, but also what other things can I look at to make sure that this product isn't already oversaturated. So product to market fit, how good that product is for the market, how much it's needed at that time. And obviously, mm-hmm. as you would know, being in Australia, in every Westfield, there's on every corner, there's a laser hair removal clinic. So it's like laser hair removal was already really big in Australia. All we were yeah. doing was creating a product that allowed people to do that from home, essentially. So it was a massive no-brainer in terms of there was a need for it. And it was people really wanted that. And then it's like, 
there wasn't already a lot of competitors. We were probably the we were the first brand that popped off in Australia that I know of in the world that done this. So it's like we are really early. So product to market fit, getting a product, and of course, you can't always be like Happy Skin Co and find a product that's never really been done before. But there's still a lot of really good gems out there. If you know where to look, if you know what sort of things to look at, where you can get a product um, that isn't already oversaturated and it doesn't need to be completely reinventing the world with a brand new product. What's already out there? What can you do your slight twist and do differently and appeal to a, a different type of demographic, a different type of market? So that, and then also after product to market fit, it was how aggressive we were um, with with our plan of attack moving forward. Like we, we hit 12 million in, in revenue the first year because we had the mindset to absolutely scale and we weren't scared of, 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 of failure. We weren't scared of doing things too quickly. Now, there mm-hmm. were things that upon reflection after going through the first year that we could have done differently to, 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 to make uh, things more sustainable or potentially to, you know, we moved into markets where we didn't realize we'd be paying X amount in duties and customs and shipping would be so much higher. So it was like, yeah, we scaled really well in all those sorts of markets. Um, but maybe we could have done things a little bit differently. But if we'd done things differently, it would have taken us a lot more time. So it's just the, the, the mentality that you have to scale and to push your business to grow is something that, that was really important. So many people are fearful of, of, of stepping outside their comfort zone, of mm. trying a new marketing channel, to, to start doing Facebook ads, Instagram ads, to pay an influencer um, money to advertise their products. It's like, that's the way you scale. That's the way you get your business out there in front of new people's eyes. So it's like, People have this fear, like that, that they want to hold on to their money. They don't want to take that risk. But it's like that's how you get there. Like we we went super aggressive with influencers. We went super aggressive with Facebook ads, um, and that's what allowed us to to really have a successful year one and, and year two. And obviously, what we did at then like product development past that point, getting our own patents, designing our own products, was how we then took the step from just an, a normal ecom brand startup to something that with with real substance. But I'd say those two things were were really important um, to us at the start. Yeah, interesting. So in terms of the um, marketing that you did across social media, so I think, you know, a common thing that I hear from a lot of brand owners is that they struggle to make um, uh, the Instagram ads work for them or that it requires so much money for them to get good results from it. And is there like you know, is there something that people are missing? Is there a way that the ads could be, you know, um, you know, delivered more effectively? Or is it just a case of, yeah, you have to invest that amount of money to get return? Yeah, look, um, with Facebook and Instagram maps, you definitely do have to invest a, a decent amount of money because how it works is, is the algorithm. And for the algorithm mm-hmm. to learn, you need to spend money, right? So if, if, you don't, if you don't have a, if you can't put aside a budget of, say, a thousand, two thousand dollars spread over a month, two months, or something at the start of your business. It's going to be difficult to find success. But if you, you want to make sure when you're starting a business and you want to run those sorts of ads, you budget that into your budget. So if you can have, right. say, a thousand dollars, even is going to go a long way. Now a lot, a lot of people don't, and you can start with 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 less. But if you start and stop, it doesn't really give the algorithm time to learn. But the thing is, so many people will, will say Facebook ads don't work, Instagram ads don't work. But there's two main ways that they're probably going wrong. And, and this is something you're not even through experience. It's either their content isn't right, like the content mm-hmm. they're actually using, there's so many things they can improve there, or the mm-hmm. structure of their campaigns and how it's set up, uh, their ad sets, their campaign structures, who they're targeting, where they're targeting, where they're spending their money. So there's mm-hmm. a lots of things within the content or the setup of the ad account that people can be doing wrong. But like anything, Facebook is a platform that it, it can take a little bit of time to, to, to find success with. Even for us, like it took us a couple of months to really like probably, we were having moderate success and we were doing okay in the first couple of months, but it probably took until we launched in April to about October, November, until we really figured them out. And we were spending a decent amount of money. So probably like five months in before we really figured it out. But then that's what allowed us to skyrocket our business. So yeah, I think you just need to stick at it, find resources or find people, mentors, coaches that you can work with that can give mm. you the feedback and help you with, you know, improving your content or the structures of your ad account. Because I'm hearing it more and more nowadays, oh, Facebook's too expensive or I can't do it, but it's like, mm. It's still everyone that's killing an ecom. Facebook's still one of their main, one of the main advertising channels. Like you need yeah. to be on there. Like if you want to be successful. Now, it's not to say you need to be. If you want to do like six figures, like you can do that just from TikTok, from influencers and stuff. But if you really want to scale, right now in 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 twenty twenty three, Facebook and Instagram is still incredibly important channels. 
Yeah, interesting. Okay, that's that's really good to hear. And I guess TikTok's a whole nother realm in itself. But um, TikTok was that even around in two thousand and eighteen? Like, I forget no. how new the platform is. Like, yeah, seriously, it wasn't. It wasn't. No. Yeah, interesting. But I guess for people who are looking to maybe harness ads, but I don't know, it's different. It's a different market altogether on TikTok. I feel like there's a lot mm. of younger demographic on TikTok. Yep. Like, yep. you're missing out on a lot of um people. So yeah, Facebook. Facebook ads. Okay. Good to know. Um, And in terms of your influencer marketing, what was your strategy for your influencer marketing? Like from the get go, were you just kind of, I think a lot of business owners probably just, you know, research like, or, you know, what influencers they really like, you know, who they'd like to see um, have their product in their hands. But did you have like a very specific strategy about how you're going to make it work? Yeah. In the early days, uh, well, we, we, we did for the, for the first few years, a hundred percent, um, what a lot of people do with influencers is like they kind of do like the scattergun approach and they wonder why it doesn't work. They'll, they'll book in say 10 influencers that they randomly found, but they're all in random parts of, of the world or random parts in, of, of the country. And like their followers don't really cross over. So it's like, you're just showing it to this group of people once that might be one thing, but what we did, we went super targeted. We'd identify um, groups of influencers that had sh- shared a very similar um, followers so then we could really go and hit that market we did this with um, a lot of reality tv shows early on so if there was a, the, the bachelor in paradise was the was the first one we did we worked with one of them just by chance that worked really well so then we went and worked with nearly the entire cast and that was extremely successful so you can do that either from finding tv shows reality shows or what we do is we knew that there was clicks of influences the big core group of influences in australia like there's different core groups and they're all friends and they all share kind of similar audiences. Mm-hmm. We would go and work with all of them at the same time. And now everyone inside their followers seeing all their favorite influencers sharing, speaking about this product. It's so much more effective than just one random influencer here posting it than one random influencer over, there, over here posting it. It doesn't get cut through. You need to be able to, you need to be more targeted with the influencers. And if you're going to work with a few, work with a, a core group of influencers that make sense together. Because if they, if they can see your product like their followers once or twice by two of their favorite influencers, they're a lot more likely to pay attention than if it's just one random micro influencer. So being more targeted and having less of the scattergun approach, but also when you're being more targeted, it's like you really need to understand the demographics of of the followers of your influencer. So many people Mm. just prioritize the influencer themselves. It's like, for example, I'll give you one example of what a lot of people do wrong. I see a lot of brands um, that sell fake tan or they sell lingerie, um, mm-hmm. or, or swimwear to women um, and they'll consistently pay these female influencers thousands of dollars to promote their products it's like because they're women then they look like the person who buys their stuff but if you look at yep. you look at the demographics of the influencer who their followers are you click on who's liking who's commenting on their stuff it's 95 percent males so it's like yeah. it doesn't really make sense unless you're just doing it for the content which is is one part of it it's like who are who's actually following the influencer who's actually going to be liking engaging with this content so it's like if someone's selling lingerie or fake tan and they might be a, a, an in-shape woman like uh, and yeah that's a customer of your brand but you're going to be paying to show your product to 95 percent males who's not going to buy a fake tan it doesn't really make sense yeah absolutely that's so interesting isn't it it's like it's just like I think as like you got to kind of switch modes when you have a business because in the get go you're looking at it like on a consumer mm-hmm. basis like you're thinking on a very you know surface level of who you'd like to see um, with your product and stuff like that but yeah you do really clearly need like a very specific plan and like a defined target audience of who you're planning to um, get your product across to for sure yeah, it's all planning and like knowing what to look mm. for you know what I yeah. mean yeah. There's so much planning behind it. It's like I think, and that's an important element for um, I think potential business owners or people who are planning to start their business because everything looks so seamless on Instagram and everything looks so seamless across social media that you'd think, you know, you just people think, oh, it just happened. But it's like, yeah, no, you, you're back there doing uh, research and figuring all of that out. Did you do all of that research yourself or did you get like um, help doing that at the time or was it just all your kind of, yeah, yeah, no, that was that was all me. Um, when I was booking all our influencers, because I managed all our influencer collaborations for the first couple of years of the business directly mm. myself, I would honestly say no one knew influencers better than me at that time. Like we were <laughs> hundreds of, over a hundred thousand dollars a month on influencers um, for a while. It's like really knowing who works, and it's like 
you can do a bit of a scattergun approach, work with like a, a bunch of influencers, see which ones start to perform, slightly outperform the other ones. It's like, if you notice the young mum influencer did a little bit better than everyone else, then go and try it. Let's work with five young mums in that, in that audience and see how that performs. Don't just mm. continually go random. If, you, if you're realising the fitness influencer, that they work pretty well, then go invest in that space and try and get extract as many customers as you can from that market and then move on to, you know, the vegan influencer and all their mm. natural followers, you know what I mean? Identify the types of influencers that work and then double down on that. That's what we did, like really double down, triple down on the markets that are performing well. That is so like straightforward and just so makes sense. And it's one of those things again, where it's like, you don't have to reinvent the wheel. It's like, okay, mm. what worked? Okay, go back in for that. So that's yeah. a really good um, piece of advice. Do you think that influencer marketing has the same effect now that it did in 2018? Or like, I, I, cause I mean, as a consumer, if I put myself in, in that position, I do, well, it's hard though, because I know the back end of influencers and how they work. So you look at influencers differently now, don't you reckon? You're just like, uh, I'm yeah. not buying it. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, you know, I think influencers had a bit more of a, um, like a foothold on social media, but I think now influencer is such a broad, term like people who used to be micro influencers are now charging like you know thousands of dollars for who would have been considered a micro influencer then you know they're charging a lot of money for a post now so it's like yeah do you think it's like an oversaturated market or do you think it's just a matter of like refocusing your strategy yeah it's definitely changed um it's definitely it was a lot easier back then yeah like a lot more influencers back then would generate a, a better roi yeah, you can still achieve really great ROI with influencers now, but there's a lot less of them that will perform in that way. You really have to identify who's the best content creator for my brand. How does their content tell the story of my product? And that's the way you're going to drive sales. It's not about the influencer posing in a photo with your product. That doesn't really work anymore these days. Yeah, yeah. Who can create interesting content in their own way uh, that are truly advocating for your product? And it's like, to your point about micro-influencers, like I've seen it as well. Like they want to charge you, whatever. And they're like, okay, you got 15,000 followers. It's like that eventually people are going to stop paying them because not going to get any return out of it anyway. But what has changed is like five years ago, the big, you know, national brands or international brands, they weren't doing influencer marketing. It was Mm. only like the e-com brands. Now, because these big corporate companies, these giants are so far behind, they've only in the last one to two years realized about influencer marketing. So they're coming to bring their influencer their their advertising dollars and spend it on influencers so that means some of these influencers are still able to make a good amount of money but it only doesn't matter for the brands because they're so big they can't they don't really know if this micro influence is affecting their performance or not because they don't know how to track they don't really understand the digital space so it's like the reason they're still able to charge this is because these bigger companies are coming in because oh influencer marketing is what you Mm. do but they don't really understand it so it'll be interesting to see over the next couple of years, if the if the pricing of influencers corrects itself, um, because mm. right now you still have you just have to look for the ones that represent good value. Know your numbers. Know if a, if an influencer has X amount of followers, they they average X amount of comments or X amount of views on on each post, and you can yeah. start to look at okay for people that have performed that have that sort of demographics, that sort of influencer, uh, that sort of following size, and you can start to look okay that person is worth approximately this, and this is some things that I do that have been so important in part of the process of scaling influence marketing is really knowing your numbers and start mm. being able to generate and predict how much money an influencer is going to make for you. That way you can see it because you've got all your data tracked in these spreadsheets. You can say, okay, with this influencer, I'm going to, it's always, it's always an approximation based on historical data. So you never really know. Sometimes that mm. way I've performed, sometimes it's less because so, okay, this person wants to charge me $2,000 for a post. I know on average from an influencer that looks like this, I'm going to make $3,500. Sweet, you can do it. Or if it's I'm going to make $800, obviously you're not going to do it. But it comes, mm. it's really important to understand your data and then you can know, okay, who's worth spending the money on down the line. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah. I think you answered that question quite well. Cause it's like, yeah, it's just, it's different. It's different to how it used to be, but it's still as effective, but you just need to be a bit more switched on about it. Like, exactly, you know, yeah. 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 Like you could have maybe in 2000 and when first influencers started to become a thing, like before they even had like, you know, talent management. Like I remember that mm. was a new thing and I was like, oh, here we go. And now the yeah. talent management will like charge you like 
whatever they want to charge you, which is like, (laughs) yeah, Yeah, like 20% plus 10%. And you're like, what? Like, what are we doing here? (laughs) (laughs) Which is crazy. But, you know, everyone's going to make money somehow. So good. The difference is it's like five years ago, if you had someone that had a thousand followers, they couldn't make you more than like they, they couldn't make you hundreds of thousand dollars because no. their reach was only their reach now you can have someone that has 500 followers they can create a really good reel get hundreds of thousands of views millions of views and generate you tens of thousands of dollars of revenue so it's different you just that's need to the thing focus, isn't it you know? yeah it's like you feel i just feel though more like a bit more russian roulette these days like because you're like okay but it, and I think pe- people are struggling to understand like who's seeing their content, who's not mm-hmm. seeing their content because the algorithm keeps changing so much. Um, and then you hear all these things that people are like, oh, I'm done with Instagram, I'm over, I'm going on to TikTok. And I think maybe people have gravitated towards TikTok because, um, you know, people are seeing such big growth on it because it's such a new platform. But, I mean, yeah, I think you you would be able to utilise maybe some smaller scale influencers on TikTok because it's just starting out, but then it's just a totally different ball game in itself. I think TikTok's still got a bit of developing to do. So it does, for sure. and it know. depends on on like the price of your product and the demographic. Like if you have a low price point product and a, and a, like a Gen Z focused um, customer base, then you'll do really well on TikTok. If like maybe you're more of a millennial focus and you've got a higher price point, you can still do well on TikTok. It's just maybe going to be a little bit more difficult. Mm, yeah, yeah. In terms of what drives you for your business, do you think it's this kind of side of things that you find quite interesting and it gets you kind of, you know, motivated to do more, create more, or is it like the creation process of getting, you know, coming up with a product or what? what is the part of business that drives you and keeps you kind of wanting to do more? Yeah, th- there's there's two parts. One of them that's really cool and really fulfilling is the, crea- the creation part like mm-hmm. you're creating a brand or a product out of scratch then it exists as a physical product you know the wear yeah. it as a t-shirt or it's a product that you can use to remove your hair or whatever it may be so that's an extremely fulfilling process because you put months or years of work into something and to see that come into fruition that's really cool and that's really rewarding but for me mm-hmm. it's not the analytics it's not the data it's not the money it's it's i realized business is the best vehicle it's really the only vehicle that you can take in your life that gives you the control to create the life you want now it's like mm. I don't want to go and trade all my hours every day to work for some dickhead boss in some corporate that doesn't care. <laughs> Literally, that, that then by the time I get home, I'm so drained. I don't even, I can't even be bothered to go and work on something myself. I just want to have a glass of wine and watch Netflix. It's like, yeah, business is fun, but it's like it, it's it's fun because it allows you to then create the life you want on your own terms, and that's yep. always been the most interesting thing for me. Particularly mm-hmm. once we made a bit of money and you realize like. I can just continually try and make as much money as I can. But it's like, Mm. what's the point of doing that if I'm just going to sit at a screen and stare at it all day, every day? (laughs) I want to make money and create a lifestyle that I actually enjoy waking up and living every single day. So that's the main motivator for me. Yeah, that's a really, um, it's inspiring to hear that as well because I think, yeah, like I mentioned at the beginning, maybe some people are drawn towards your story because of the amount of money that you've made. But you know, I think it's pretty rare that you get to that amount of money without having that, um, those core values that, you know, mm. that you have yourself because something, something bigger has to, has to drive you. Like, you know, if you're just going into it being like, okay, I want to make $25 million too. It's like, yeah, it's like, you might be in for a bit of a rude shock because it's like, it does take work. Like there is a lot of work in, um, you know, creating a business. So you have to love, you have to love what you do. Otherwise it's like, what's the point? You may as well just work for someone else. Like you said. Yeah. But like the people that are just in it for the money, like I'd say 99% of them, uh, they want the money because of some other insecurity. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. There's a deeper reason why they want that money to get the girl to impress their friends, X, Y, Z. Absolutely. Um, Yeah. And like, if you're truly confident in yourself and like who mm. you are as a person like I don't think your number one goal is is going to be a, a financial number you know what I mean yeah well absolutely because it's like you know once you do get that money and then you go okay now what like, yeah. <laughs> like what do you do now like once you've got that money so um it's a bit of a like empty empty pursuit so 100%. yeah like don't yeah. Get me wrong, I want to make as much money as possible too but that's going to be the byproduct of doing things I enjoy, not the other way around. 
Absolutely. And, you know, with that money, you know, you pl- you you want to be of service to other people. Mm. You know, you just don't want to sit on that money and just be like, yeah, look what I did. It's like, but, you know, what can you do with that money? Yeah. Also, that's where I'm at now. Like if I was just starting, mm. it'd be ideal to be able to do both at the same time. But also like I started the business Happy Skin Co. because I wanted to start a business and I knew it was a high potential product. There was no greater mission for me with this particular product. But like what starting that business that made a lot of money allowed me to do was then now live the rest of my life like that. So if you're just at the beginning of your journey, you don't have to think about what's this great mission and purpose I can do from the first one. If you find Mm. a product that really aligns with your interests and passions from the start, that's great. But maybe it's you start the first business to get experience, to make a bit of money, and then you can use it as a platform to then go and do everything else you want to do for the rest of your life. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Where do you think, like, has Happy Skin Co, you know, developed in ways that you hadn't hadn't predicted? Like, are you planning to, you know, expand on that business or are you, you know, would you go and create another, like, e-commerce business seeing as obviously that's what you're good at or is there something else that you would venture out to in the future? Uh, Yeah, well, with, like, Happy Skin Co, we're at the stage now, like, we're just, We've been in retail for a little bit over a year and, and that's a really exciting journey. Like I'd say the next couple of years of the business is just continuing to grow our retail presence. Like the moment um, we're in like 350 Ulta Beauty stores, that that numbers, uh, that's throughout yeah, the US. Yeah, it's that insane. That always increasing. Um, we're having some conversations with some other really big US retailers. So as more of them will come on later in the year and early next year and just expanding our distribution and retail network, obviously throughout Australia, but places like the Middle East, uh, potentially some places to Asia as well. So that's Happy Skin Co. In terms of me and Ecom, I always have Ecom businesses. Like there's, we've, we've launched another brand. Um, it's been a bit of a soft launch so far, um, but mm-hmm. we're already driving sales just from organic content. We've just set up after paying everything. So we're going to start scaling that. That's another brand in the, in the, in the women's wellness kind of space uh, as, as well. That's called Dahlia Body. That's mm-hmm. around like, you know, drug-free period pain relief machine. So that's- Wow. That, yeah, that's that's- Again, we haven't started putting a lot of paid spend behind it. It's just been organic so far, but already mm. we're getting a lot of conversions um, behind that brand just because, like, as you would know, every every woman you speak to struggles in some way, whether it be a mild or, 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 or extreme discomfort when they get their period with their cramps. It's like anything you can do, if it reduces it fully, amazing. If it helps 50%, that's still such an amazing thing. So that's a journey yeah. starting uh, at the moment and that's had some really good feedback so i'm excited for that as well and i'll be able to leverage all of my skills and connections with happy skin code to obviously scale our e-com stuff but obviously to get into um, other retailers and marketplaces as well so there's that and then obviously two two of the big things that take up a lot of my time outside happy skin code is the, is the podcast so life money yes Life. that's growing that's really exciting as, as i mentioned before we just took that on a tour and interviewed a bunch of really successful, um, really interesting people from down in Melbourne, some, some other mm-hmm. e-com founders. So that, and then obviously the, 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 the mentoring, um, something I've spent the last 18 months of my life building, the, the viral brand builder mentoring program to like essentially teach people how to start their own business and scale it to over a million dollars a year is something that I thought about for a while, but I knew it was going to be a massive time commitment outside yes. of the businesses that I have. Um, but I made the decision to do that and I'm so glad I have. We've already been working with some incredible people helping helping people shift their mindset and change their lives. So that's going to be a big, big part of my focus um, is, is working with, with, with everyone in Viral Brand Builder and helping them, you know, do something similar to what I've done with my life. Yeah, wow. What an amazing, like, it's just so, you, it's almost like you just laugh out of like the amazing, like you're like, whoa, like it's mind blowing, like Ulta, like, you know, it's like yeah. great. Like you're, you know, it's, you know, you think big and then you almost just, you, it seems just o- almost bigger than what you could like comprehend. Like, it's like, it's just great. Like, it's like, just gets better and better. <laughs> yeah, but you just need to start and you need to believe in it and like remove all the limiting beliefs. Like, I don't limit any of my dreams or what any of my businesses can do, you know what I mean? Yeah, so, like, absolutely. Have, opening yourself up to all that amazing stuff that can happen is such an important step. And it's like, as well, and, and this is what you, you would know if you've done a little bit of research in the meme being following me for a while, like mindset is something that I'm really passionate about. It's like personal yeah. development. That growth journey you go on is such an important part of, of, of business success as well. Mm. And a big part of what, what I've put into, it's, it's the first module that you go into before you started in the e-comp stuff, stuff is mindset, is about personal mm. development, is about the things that I've done incorporated into my life, whether it be habits, rituals, or tools and tactics that you can do 
to unlock, to open yourself up to then go and have that business success. Because I'll, I'll have meetings with some people, maybe they'll be like a 21-year-old guy or whatever, and they'll just be like, I want to get a rollie as quick as I can. I want to fly business. And like, dude, that's not really the type, you know, that's not really how, how it works. There'll be some fake bullshit gurus that try and make it seem like that's the way it works. But it's like yeah. more the people that want to do the work and realize that like if I want to have a successful business, it starts with me and it starts yeah. with improving myself as a vehicle, becoming the best person I can educating yeah. myself working on things like patience or or ability to cope with stress or to like l- improve their self-belief to open themselves up more because self-belief is such a cool element in my success and mm. honestly you speak to any ultra successful person way more successful than me and and mm. they'll tell you that self-belief they've always believed that they could achieve this it's like so many people don't have that already because of their childhoods because of whatever that happened as they're growing up adolescence um, but there's never, it's never too late to, to start working on that. And you can truly build yourself up. And, and, and even if you didn't start with a place, of a lot of self-belief, it's something you could build. And like, that's probably the most rewarding journey anyone can go on. Yeah, absolutely. I always say like, you know, starting a business has been like actually a spiritual journey more than anything, mm-hmm. like the yep. things that you go through because it's so trying or like, mm-hmm. you know, there is, you, if you do want to succeed, like you said, the first thing that you need to do is actually believe in yourself. Otherwise, don't worry about the rest of it. Like if you don't actually believe that you can achieve it, like forget about it. So how do you, um, how do you nourish your, your sense of self-belief? Like how do you, um, are there practices that you do or, you know, are there, are there times where you've been like, you know, maybe I can't do this or, you know, maybe this isn't for me and ways that you've kind of navigated your back, yourself back on path? Yeah. Like th- there's a few ways. I- I'm someone that's, I'm someone that's had a lot of self-belief naturally, but there, there are a few ways that I've done or, or, or that I speak to. Like these are just like some of the some of the ones I do. One of the first things, and like obviously all the people that listen to to my podcast and stuff would, would be already doing this, but like listening to stories of other people that have had success and hearing how they've done it and just hearing that it's not always the smartest person, it's not always the richest person, it's just people that had an idea, had a dream and started to work towards it so consider like always seeking out inspiration from from stories right that that's a, from other people's stories that's a, a massive part for me obviously one of the cores for me is visualization because like if i'm mm. consistently visualizing myself living out all these amazing moments in my life experiencing myself doing xyz all the things that i dreamed of then once i'm doing that and i'm truly experiencing the emotions that come along with that how am i not going to start to believe that how am i not going to wake up every day excited to go and chase that there's that there's also self hypnosis techniques um, that i've learned from from my martial arts practices and 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 Ooh. head of our schools like a high performance psychologist is his day job so it's like these things these these scripts that i have that i've learned from him that you and you can do this to improve any aspect of your life you 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 record yourself doing this script that i, that I give you um, and then you listen yeah. to it before you go to bed for 15 minutes every night. You do that for two to four weeks. And I'm telling you, it starts to come out in your behavior and your personality every single day. So those are some of the some of the key ways. But also it's like getting some runs on the board. Some people can't believe that they're great or that they're special until they do that. So start achieving little mm. things and then let that achievement reinforce, hey, you can do this, you can do this. So start doing those things, getting these runs on the board, start actually trying. But people never do that if they just think about what they want to do. You actually mm. have to start. Whether and, and also like find someone that can help you start. There's so mm. many people out there that are, that are more than willing to help you, whether it be in more of a formal capacity, like what I'm doing with, with Viral Brand Builder, or just p- sending someone that you follow that's in business a message on Instagram saying, hey, I really love what you've done. Um, I've just got a quick question if, if you don't mind answering. Maybe they'll answer, maybe they won't. But just yeah. reach out to people and, and seek support and those support networks that can champion you and, and go on that journey with people that, that want to see you succeed because so many people like, if they grew up in smaller towns or maybe didn't grow up with a lot of money, like as soon as someone starts getting a bit of success, like people start to judge them or want to drag yeah. them back down. So just get cutting that shit out of your life. Yeah, it's that tall, tall poppy syndrome sure. that we have. Yeah. I think we have that predominantly probably in Australia. Hey, like yeah. it's a really yeah. interesting mentality so that we have. It's so weird. It. It's really weird. It's it's the you know, the American culture and our culture is just there's just such a vast contrast like in america it's like more is more is more like you get Mm -hmm. applauded for doing more but like god forbid you're like oh my brand's successful you're like embarrassed you're like i don't want to talk about it like yeah Yeah. it's really interesting i don't get that about australians at all 
I don't get it either, but I do feel like maybe we are being, um, you know, very much Americanized slowly, slowly. And I think, you know, we are taking a bit of inspiration from, you know, some of their really successful people and, you know, people are kind of shifting a little bit, but I think it'll always be like that in Australia. And like you said, mm-hmm. you've got to find the right groups of people um, and, you know, you know, find people that support you, which can actually be a lot harder said than yeah. Easier said than done. Yeah. Yeah. Like <laughs> that's why like community is so important. Like, cause not a lot of people, yeah. if you're an econ different places in Australia, people don't all necessarily know a bunch of people that are doing that. And like because True. it's a very specific journey that you go on, like I said, business is a spiritual journey. Yeah. Right? And you don't don't realize that. Like Quote it's us on force that. you to grow and grow up <laughs> yeah. so quickly. You know yeah. what I mean? And it's like, fuck, it can be really lonely if you don't have people to just not even like vent to but just that understand mm. it that get it that have been through it you know what i mean so mm. finding a, a community of people that understand and can go through that journey with you uh yeah. is an invaluable part for sure yeah and hearing real stories like you know mm. i'm sure you share your story all the time and even you know on this podcast sharing the stories really you know, it's so beneficial because people make up stories that they think of how someone got to their success and they can kind of beat themselves up about it. But there's something really empowering about, you know, listening to, um, you know, maybe the struggles that someone else went through, how they overcame it and just, you know, getting a full holistic perspective on, you know, how to, um, you know, make your business grow and how to succeed. So, um, yeah, thanks for sharing your story. It's very, it's really inspiring to hear. Um so to close out our podcast today, what's your final piece of um, advice for someone who is in business and they are looking to kind of push their business forward, but, um, you know, don't know where else to go? <laughs> They've started and they need, you know, a push forward. Yeah. Well, well, there's two things, like specifically to what you just said, like, mm. obviously I'm, I'm a massive advocate of this because. I'm, I'm in this space where I want to advise is like find people that you can learn from because like mm-hmm. nowadays in e-com, there's so many people out there that have been there and done it. It's like, if you want to get to, to you know, a million dollars a year or $5 million a year, there's so many people out there that have done that. Go and learn from them and see how they did it and save yourself months or years of heartache or, 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 or failures to get there. It's like, there are so many yeah. ways that you can do or people you can work with to cut that, cut that amount of time it takes to get there down. Learn from them, leverage their connections experience. So that's one. Mm-hmm. And that's an obvious one. Like if you're stuck in it and you've been in business for a little while, you've been thinking about it. Some people just been thinking about it and haven't even started because they need yeah. that push. And that's fine. We're human beings. Like having someone to keep you accountable is, is half the battle at certain times for some people. Mm. And then what I'd really say, and it's that piece we were just speaking about, and this is whether you work with a mentor or coach or you do it on your own, invest in yourself. Spend yeah. the time to understand who you are, to understand what motivates you, where you're lacking in terms of um, what, what elements of your lifestyle you can improve um, and, and invest in yourself. You know, listen to podcasts that inspire mm-hmm. you, that uplift you, that teach you new skills. You know, cut out the toxic people from your life that don't want to see you succeed. That if you're working in corporate and you say, hey, I want to start a business and they kind of laugh at you and be like, oh, that's never going to happen. Don't, don't mm-hmm. deal with that shit. Cut them out because I'm living, breathing proof that you can make your, like anything can happen. You can make your dreams yeah. come true. Like literally yeah. I, I was someone who was a big influence in my life um, early on in my business was Gary Vee. I don't know if you know much about Gary Vee. Yes. But yes. I listened to his Love podcast. Him. He's the best. Every day yeah. for like two years when I was working in corporate before I launched the business, like a, yeah. a year and a half after I'd launched the business, I was in, in Gary's office with him in New York City. I spent time with him in Sydney, in London. It's like, I knew he was someone I could learn from. So I did anything I could to put myself in a position to learn from him, to spend time with him and like do that. Seek out the people that will not only inspire you, but you can learn from. It's like anything can fucking happen. And I was just yeah. grew up in like the suburbs of Sydney. And that I, is so cool. Yeah. It can that is really, anyone. really cool. You just need to start, believe in yourself, work hard, find people that can help you along the way. And then and it's, and it's just a matter of time. If you can be consistent, you can find people that, you trust their expertise and their journey to, to lean on for support or guidance and you mm. put the work in, you really believe in yourself. It's just a matter of time. I love it. I love it. That is really, yeah, that is very inspiring. And, you know, what you're saying is the truth. It's absolutely mm. true. Anybody else can do it. So, yeah, it's an amazing way to close out the podcast. I'm so grateful for um, your time and the information that you've shared and I can't for wait sure. for people to hear this one. So thank for you sure. very much. No worries. Yeah. Thanks for having me on. If anyone has any questions, send me a DM on Instagram. We, we can have a chat. 
um, about anything e-com mindset business related. So I'm excited. Um, yeah, it's, it's a, an exciting journey to go on this whole personal development journey. So it's always yeah. good to with other people that understand it and are, are on their journey as well. Some people might be ahead. Some people might just be getting started. But once you've kind of got hooked on this business slash personal development journey, it becomes like an addiction and an obsession to constantly want to be able to better yourself, better your life and just get the most out of every day. So it's like oh, if you absolutely. find people that truly get that and on that same wavelength, then surround yourself with them. Yeah, it just multiplies your vibration. Oh, for sure. So, 100%. Yeah, I love 100%. that piece of advice. But yeah, I'll pop all of your um, all of Dylan's details below. So definitely reach out to him. Um, have you launched your courses yet? For um... yeah, yeah. So it's happened. Time goes so quickly when you meet. Uh, I think like two <laughs> or three weeks ago. Um, and the thing about viral brand builder, like I don't need to, I didn't need to do this. You know what I mean? Like there's so many other bullshit life coaches <laughs> around e-com gurus. That's not me. Like most yeah. people that have done something like this have never really have made more money selling a course than they ever did with e-com. So it's like with me, there's like the content that is part of it. Like there's over hundred videos, 23 hours of content, but more important, and this is what I say to people. And I think this is why so many people have wanted to work with me. It's more about the relationship with me, the connection, the mentoring, the weekly calls, uh, the messaging mm. me as much as you want. Like that's, that's where the value is. It's not about some bullshit course, right? You can find a lot of information from if you, if you take the time to, to do it, but it's like actually having someone to work with you to champion you, like, to, to, to have that relationship to me that's where the value is with these sort of things so mm. yeah that's it's fun it's abs- yeah. so fun but also such an amazing you know time that we live in like in terms of you know you've got people like yourself who are like yep I've done it here's the information like literally here is information yeah. like this is how you do it you know yeah um, you know, it's a very unique, you know, place yeah. in time. So I think previously people would have had to, um, you know, everyone was starting from scratch, but you're like, eh, I've done it. Like take a note from my book, yeah. which is um, great. And, and, it's and great like that you're doing saying, that. So many people have thought about it for so long, but they just haven't started because they need a bit of a kick in the backside or someone's yeah. like, oh, do this, do this. And like some people get stuck at a problem and they'll overthink it and they'll let it stop them. Absolutely. Yeah. You really want to be successful, really want to change where you are to, to where you want to be. Yeah, absolutely. And I think a lot of people go, yeah, I believe it can happen, but I just don't believe it can happen for me. Mm. And it's like that that's the piece that I think once you turn that around, once you like work through that and massage that out, um, that's where you can really start to kind of, you know, see results. Cause I think that's what a lot of people think. They go, yeah you know, I believe it. Like I can see it happen. Like it happened to Dylan, but not, not me. And it's like, why not you? Like what's That's so different thing. about well, you? <laughs> like people think like the people we look up to, the people living their dream lives, whether they've created really successful businesses, whether they're actors, whether they're musicians, they, they think these people were just born and they won this imaginary lottery that, that they didn't get to enter. No, they just <laughs> had a dream. They believed in themselves and, and they started working towards it and, and it can happen. But people Absolutely. just we're not taught to believe that. Yes, yes. To believe that, but we, I'm yeah. not special. Like it can happen to anyone, but it's not going to necessarily be easy. There's going to be work involved. But if you actually want it, like we get one life, why not do everything in your power to make it happen? Oh my God, absolutely. I think, you know, back to that piece about business being a spiritual journey. I think it's really important for people to understand that it's like, okay, that was your journey. Like you, you needed that journey because it taught you certain Mm -hmm. lessons. Like whatever you had to go through is what you had to go through. And then, you know, for someone else, maybe they didn't have that instant success or maybe they took you know, different turns. It's like, that's what you had to get, go through, but it doesn't mean that success isn't at the end of it. Maybe you just have some higher hills or some, you know, you know, shorter portions of the journey than someone else or longer, but that's not what matters. What matters is that you just keep that unwavering belief that, you know, by law, if you just have that vision in your head and you feel it, like it's going to (laughs) happen at Um, some point. Yeah. Yeah. It's awesome. So that's a good place to leave it, eh? absolutely yeah thank you so much and um yeah i'll pop all the details below and yeah definitely get in touch with dylan thank you so much no worries we'll speak soon thanks Thanks for having me on bye